Hello and welcome to Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA it's Thursday afternoon. Joining me from Boston, Massachusetts, his former stomping grounds, mm. where he was at the Celtics all-access game against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Wednesday night, where the Celtics talk about a backdoor cover for the Cavs on that one, Bon Temps. I think it was a five and I don't know what the halftime lines were. It was a five and a half point spread, and the Cavs slinked into a three-point loss. <laughs> Three weeks apart, the Cavs played two contenders in the East, were blown out for large portions of the game, and then raced back to make it close at the end. So I've seen this script before. Yeah. And hello, everybody. Hello, Tim Bontemps. Joining us from Dallas, Texas, where I'm headed this weekend. My first game in Dallas since the pre-pandemic. I'm going to be in Ban McMahon's stomping grounds. Better be ready for me, Mr. McMahon. Howdy, partners. We've got dinner reservations for Saturday night, taking you to uh, the finest steakhouse in Dallas, Nick and Sam's. Don't Rick say Harlow, where we're going to be. Don't say where we're going to be. I don't well, there's much more important. There'll be, there'll be many more important people than us there, dude. Trust me. Well, that may <laughs> be true, but, you know, I... I'm oh, Wendy, years. you're not that important. Shut up. You know, yesterday I missed the start of Monty Williams' press conference post game because I had to take pictures of so many fans after the game. You may think that's conceited, but I'm just telling oh, you the truth. Lord have half mercy of them, on us half all. of them called me Adrian. I will tell you that yesterday <laughs> in Charlotte, I took photos with at least three people who called me Adrian. They said, "Adrian, I'm a big fan." I'm like, clearly. Um, uh, okay. So I was in Charlotte for Kevin Durant's first game. We're going to be with McMahon on Sunday. Uh, they play Friday night in uh, Chicago, but Sunday is uh, hopefully a big one. Hopefully everybody stays healthy. McMahon, you've got a game tonight. The Mavericks are hosting mm-hmm. the 76ers on um, the second night of a back-to-back for Philly. So we'll see how that goes. Mavericks, I would advise them to win that one as a side note. <laughs> we'll talk about the Suns. Catching them on a back-to-back, and it's an early start, too, right? It's 6.30 Central. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Doc did not seem too thrilled with the scheduling, but neither, neither here nor there. All right. This one is pump. It's, the, the, the pump is primed for the Mavericks to get a win here. Uh, so let's see what happens. Um, but anyway, anyway, for the Suns, uh, you know, it's, it was hard to make an honest evaluation of their actual strategy and play. We'll talk about it a little bit. But they are playing the Hornets. They are playing the Hornets without – uh, LaMelo ball. Um, the Hornets had won five in a row and they did have some stretches in the game where they played interesting. Um, Kelly Oubre was just firing up shots at one point. I think he was three of 16. So that's the kind of team that they were playing just to be honest. Um, uh, they got, they got up 11, nothing. The Suns did and they won by 13 or maybe they won by 14. So just keep that in mind. Okay. Having said that, I have to tell you, as much as they try to not show their emotion, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant are absolutely giddy about this partnership. And Booker was saying stuff like it was unreal or I couldn't believe it was real watching him out there. And I, I can't believe how easy his shots come as if he's never seen him shoot before. Um, but like, that's the thing about Durant. His game is kind of timeless. I've covered his whole career. I've watched him in the finals with the thunder. I've watched him in the finals 
in person, you know, with the Warriors, with Team USA, with the Nets. I've interviewed him in all these situations and all these different uniforms and all these different places all over the country, all over the world. And it is the same game. Guess what? He came out and hit a bunch of silky smooth 18 to 20 footers. This is what he does. Um, he went 10 of 15 shooting in the game. And he was like, there about four shots I should have made. <laughs> he said that. But Booker was like, he couldn't hide his smile after this game. He, and he was effusive. You know, usually when you ask Devin questions, he will answer it in sort of the minimum number of, of um, words. He was like going on and on and on. And the smile on his face was just, he couldn't suppress it. And Durant even said that he was nervous, which I don't, I mean, we have to have Nick Friedel on to verify, you know, from, from all the Warriors and Nets days. I don't remember Durant saying he was nervous too often. He admitted he was nervous. He was nervous because it's a big freaking deal. And mm. uh, they have some flaws on the team, which we'll talk about in a minute. But I talked to Steve Clifford, the Hornets coach, before the game. And one of the things that he said was, okay, look, they're in any game plan that you're going to put up against them, especially in a playoff series, you're obviously a central part of your game plan is you're going to double Booker and you're going to double Durant. And so he didn't use these names specifically. I'm just extrapolating. So, you know, if they were playing this playoff game, um, you know, if Kevin Durant is on the same side of the court as Torrey Craig or the same side of the court as Josh Okoji, obviously if there's an action for Durant, you're double teaming Durant and you're saying pass the ball to, to Torrey Craig. But the thing that Clifford was saying is that in the end of games, be they regular season games or playoff games, it's very hard to handle both of them in a, in a strategic situation like that. And so in this game, Durant played 27 minutes and scored 24 points or 23 points. Booker scored 37 and had seven assists. It was a good game for Booker. He, you know, is now totally off the minute restriction that he had, um, for the hamstring and the groin injury. Um, that one-two punch is going to carry them a real long way. The other thing I thought was interesting. What a, what a point. What a point. Devin Booker and, Chris, and Kevin Durant are going to carry the Suns a long way. That's, well, that's a great. I'm glad we got there. Of course. Glad we got there. The, He's the warming that, up, Bomb Tim. The, other thing, up. That, the <laughs> other thing that was key, I think, uh, Monty Williams right out of the gate had uh, Durant with four bench players to start the second and the fourth quarters. He played six, four minutes, uh, four, six minute shifts, and they let him finish. And he played half of those minutes of those shifts with four bench players. And in both times, again, against the Hornets, but both times the lead expanded. I think in those two shifts, Durant was in the neighborhood of like plus 14, plus 14 or plus 15. Um, so they've got Paul and Booker on the bench and they're extending the lead. Won't happen every night. But that's another thing, and that's what Booker said after the game. We're going to have you either have me or Kevin on the court at all times, mm -hmm. which is helpful in the regular season and also helpful in the playoffs when you're probably only going to be playing seven guys, seven and a half players in games that really matter. So, uh, by the time I know you weren't able to watch the game because you were covering your – I didn't see the Cavs-Celtics game, so I'm in the same boat when we talk about that. But um, they started Josh Okoji as the fifth starter. Monty refused to say who he was going to do it to literally – they had announced the starting lineups. Okoji had averaged 19 points mm -hmm. uh, since the Durant trade when he moved into the starting lineup. He scored four last night, and two of them 
was on a garbage time free throws where they fouled to stop the clock. So a little bit worrisome there, but um, this is a multi-year effort for the Suns, and this was the first start. So, okay, I monologued enough, Bontemps. Uh, I don't know what you got to see, but... Um, I mean, I watched I watched parts of the game. I had it on while I was at Celtics Cavs. I saw the opening quarter when uh, I saw the, the Charlotte Hornets look like a truly horrendous team, which they are, especially without LaMelo Ball. And the, the Suns went up 11-0 and looked like they were playing a varsity JV game. And, you know, obviously cruise from there. I mean, ironically, because... I was at the Celtics Cavs game. I think the, the Suns really are just a better version of the Cavs. They've got four players that I really like and can really count on. And then they've got 11 question marks, just like the Cavs. Now, obviously their, their talent at the top end is obviously superior. Devin Booker and Kevin Durant might be the best one, two combo in the league, but you know, like you said, Josh Okoji is their fifth starter. He's, that that's not really going to be good enough. I don't think when they're playing at the highest level, they don't have anybody to guard elite perimeter players. I think that's going to be a problem at the highest level, but Kevin Durant and Devin Booker could score 70, 80 points on anybody. Deandre Ayton has continued to improve. We'll see what Chris Paul can give them. He has been up and down as this year has gone along, but you've got Kevin on the court. Hopefully these guys can stay healthy and, you know, uh, it'll be very interesting to see what they look like when they start to play some real teams. Because again, especially without LaMelo ball, this Hornets team is just not real competition. So, you know, let's see Sunday when they play Dallas, that, that I'll be very interested to see what that game looks like. I'm not as worried about depth as everybody else. I mean, like, like you said, Wendy, they're playing seven, maybe eight guys uh, per game in the play uh, in the playoffs. You know, KD, Booker, those guys, their minutes are going to be in the high 30s, uh, if not into the the 40s. Um, To to me, this is going to be about uh, how good is Chris Paul, right? And we know he can run an offense. And with those two guys plus DeAndre Ayton, he's going like he had 11 assists last night. That's going to be on a regular basis. I don't know that they can – make playoff runs if, if he's got a whole lot of 2.1 of eight uh, performances. I do think he's going to have to have more points than turnovers on a regular basis for the Suns to uh, to get through the Western Conference. And well, then, let's see how he can hold up on defense too, right? Because, I mean, he's going to have – he's going to be targeted by a lot of these teams with elite perimeter players. They're playing against I think Memphis, he's gonna, they're playing against Golden State. Let's see how he handles that. I think he's going to be targeted at both ends. I wonder if they're going to mm-hmm. – if he's continuing to shoot this poorly – I'm wondering if they're off, if they're laying off Tory Craig and Koji, and they're also laying off Chris Paul. Yeah, yeah, I'd be making, I'd certainly be making him shoot instead of, you know, if, if I could prevent Kevin Durant and Devin Booker from shooting, I'd be happy to let anybody else shoot. Yeah, and then you know DeAndre Ayton's obviously going to be a, a, a huge wild card, and you know his shots. It makes sense that his shots will go down, but they need him to be uh, an efficient, and I, I'm not going to say a dominant interior presence but a, a, at least a forceful interior presence you know last night 16 and 16 you know you'll you'll take that on a regular basis I, I think it's fair to say kind of his intensity tends to ebb and flow they're going to need the best version of DeAndre Ayton um which look I I do think that he's been undervalued we've talked about this before I think he's been undervalued by the Suns um you know all the wrestling and posture it took for him to to finally get that max deal, but he needs to, he needs to earn that money now. Yeah. Um, he's the only other player that scored in double figures last night. 
So um, that's going to be the case uh, a lot, I think. Yeah. So Terrence Ross was out with a with a toe injury. Look, in my view, depending on who their opponents are playing, maybe uh, Jock Landale, who's their backup center, maybe he plays, maybe he doesn't. Um, mm-hmm. To me, uh, Cameron Payne's role may you know, ebb and flow a little bit, but to me, it's their starters. It's those four guys, um, th- you know, three possible Hall of Famers. I mean, Chris Paul and DKD are in. Booker's got a good chance. Aiden. And then to me, it's, a Koji, Tory Craig, Terrence Ross. Can they get in a seven game series? Can they get one and a half of those guys to deliver defense, effective defense? And Craig and a Koji are defensive specialists. They're not going to be on the all defensive team, but they are defensive specialists. And, and Craig has good length. He's, he's two or three inches taller than a Koji. Um, can they get from those three guys? Is that it, it, are they going to provide enough? That's going to be a big factor. And, and by the way, the I, answer might be no. I'm not arguing that they can. The answer might be no. It, but the difference here is a huge difference between the Sun situation and the Mavericks situation. The Mavericks, we we all agree they don't have enough, but we don't know whether they're going to get to to, to add before Kyrie walks. With the Suns, this is the beginning of a medium-term marriage. I did think it was interesting. Mm-hmm. I wrote this in my story that was on ESPN, that it was ironic that they were in Charlotte for this game where the Durant-Kyrie betrothal happened in their own by their own admission during the 2019 All-Star Weekend where they were famously caught on that wall. I walked by them while they the- were talking at the game. I, I was thinking about it last night. I was walking, yeah. they were going to the halls. I saw them talking and I was like, oh, that's kind of interesting. Kevin and yeah, Kyrie were having this conversation over in the corner. And I and I will say this, like, by the way, Kevin was very, I talked about book. Kevin was excited post-game too. Mm-hmm. He was, you know, his there was light in his eyes uh, <laughs> post-game. And, you know, I was thinking to myself, going with Booker, I don't know if it'll work. It's a lot better bet than going with Kyrie because oh, God, Booker yes. is kind of the opposite say. of Kyrie. You don't Booker, say. Booker, the only thing he cares about is basketball. Like he, you know, well, you know, he sometimes his dating life makes it into the. And low riders. Like, he's. Yeah, he, I don't even know how many of those cars he's got because I've seen him in photographs in a lot. He's got, a few. got some nice rides. Yeah. Um, but anyway, he's totally focused on the game. Total no nonsense. You know, the opposite of kind of yeah. possible distractions that Kyrie has. He's younger, he's bigger, and he's, you know, he doesn't have the pedigree that Kyrie has, but he's, you know, just sort of getting into the prime of his career. Mm-hmm. And so here's, I'm watching the beginning of the new marriage, so to speak, in the same building where the old one. And so, like, it's it's going to be a multi-year thing. Now, whether Chris Paul's going to be in that for those years, that's very much open. PBD, right. And same with DeAndre know. Ayton, despite the fact he's on a long-term right. deal. Like, if they're looking to, you know, alter the roster around their two superstars, then DeAndre Ayton very well could end up getting moved. But, you know, for right now, those are their, they've, they've got a big two and then a, I don't know what you want to call the the other two, Uh well, they got a big two, and then they've they've got pieces they can move around. A four-man core. That's right. That's right. Well, yeah, this by the way, those two, well, those on, those two guys. 
Before I forget, Wendy, I, I, I feel like you've been highly disrespectful of 44% three-point shooter and NBA champion Damian Lee, uh, especially yeah. after running into his father-in-law last night. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm that just was saying. There. Just saying, don't count Well, look, I mean, he actually as... hasn't been playing that much recently. Um, but in, a, in an individual playoff game or two, they could he could he's a guy they can go to. I just don't know if you can you can count on him. But he's won them games this year. Um, hey, he won them. I'd rather when I'm sitting there watching and and he hits yeah. a uh, he hits a, a turnaround fadeaway for the game winner. Like people are asking, who's getting the last shot? Booker, KD. Well, I mean, come on, I've seen Damian Lee, the game winner, baby. <laughs> I'd rather have Damian Lee playing than Terrence Ross. I I'll just say Ooh. that right now. Ooh. I mean, Terrence. I mean. That's that. I don't think that's. That I don't. Much I don't want to get into like a long-winded discussion about the seventh or eighth man of the Suns. But let me just say that whenever I see coaches or or media or people talk about, um, well, what about this nine-man rotation? Or you know, how is he? How is he going to cut the rotation to ten? It's like that's the thing. Monty's playing like eleven or twelve guys right mm-hmm. now. For the ones who get it done, Ranger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call or click ranger.com or just stop by. You can now stream the most MLB games on DirecTV without a satellite dish. Yes, catch the clutch hitch, strikeouts, grand salamis, web gems with nothing on your roof. So who's ever up there, whether it's the roofers, Santa, birds, old-timey chimney sweeps, moody teenagers, thrill-seeking raccoons, you name it, they won't find a satellite dish. But you will find your MLB games on DirecTV. That means DirecTV is your home for baseball this season. Root, root, root with nothing on your roof. Yes, stream your team. Call 1-800-DIRECTV or visit DirecTV.com. Sign up today. Claim based on total games carried on sports networks. Sports availability varies by zip code and requires choice package. Pat Riley rings in my ears. When the bleep gets real, you play eight and trust seven. Yeah. When it's when it's two two in game five, when you're down two one in game four, you're playing eight and trusting seven. And well, that's that's you to have seven. Yeah, wow. Mike Mike D'Antoni math, and the you know you go back to the some of the Suns' glory days. It was it was play seven and trust six. Well, oh my yeah. god, seven seconds or less, and seven players or less in the rotation. To well, do hell, that, you have I to mean, have six guys you trust. Which the Suns, I go maybe I, have I go four. back to the I go back to the 2016 Warriors, 73 win team, greatest regular season of all time. By the end of that series, Kerr was playing seven and trusting four. You know, <laughs> because Bogut got hurt, but he he didn't he he was he, he had no to play at the end of that thing. So like again, when it gets down to the end, like you know things get real tight. So, about times your point is fine. I'm just saying it's not all in this year for the Suns. They still have time, and they got an owner who's going to pay the tax. So I agree. I I mean it's a it's a very significant point to point out that that it's a massive difference between where the Mavs are as one example yeah. where Kyrie could easily leave in three months and it could be left holding the bag or you've got Kevin Durant locked in for four years and you've got him and Devin Booker together. That's unquestionably true. The problem is all I hear every day is people asking, oh, are the Suns the favorite to win the title? Are the Suns the favorite to win the West? This is, you know, they're the clear, obvious pick. I just, 
I just flatly don't think that's the case because again, you've got a bunch of guys with injury concerns. We'll see if they can all stay on the court you know, knock on wood. I mm-hmm. certainly hope they can. And when you, like you said, you need to have seven guys you trust in the playoff series. They've got two, probably three with DeAndre Ayton. I don't know how Chris Paul is going to be by then. We saw in the Dallas series, he was a shell of himself for a large portion of that yeah. series by the end of it. And then you've got, you know, again, you're picking from a, you know, roulette from a bunch of mediocre to bad wing options that you would feel better if they were your ninth or 10th guy and you maybe played one of them. Instead, they've got to play all of them. So, you know, if you're going up against Golden State, you're going up against the Clippers, you're going up against Dallas, you're going up against Memphis or Denver, all these teams with big time offenses, like, yeah, maybe Phoenix will outscore them all, but that's typically not how things work in the playoffs. Also, there are a couple of teams in the league who would feel comfortable playing Booker and Durant one-on-one and living with it. Um, you know, and so... Who, Clip, Clippers? Who? Clippers? Very many. Boston. Boston. Okay. Milwaukee. Milwaukee. You know, so... Uh, you know, Durant doesn't... I mean, last, I'm last always... Last night's a good example. I mean, obviously they're playing they're playing the the Hornets who stink, but they scored 105 points. They had three guys in double figures, right? Like if you go into a playoff series and you're a high level team, I think that's the blueprint to beat these guys. It's like, hey, let Devin and Kevin shoot. You know, let them shoot a ton of times. Let them score. We're not going to give up open threes to these other guys, right? We're just going to guard everybody straight up and. If those guys could score 100 points by themselves, maybe they'll win. But they're probably going to score 70. And in today's NBA, we probably could get to 115. And I don't know if they're going to be able to get to 115 regularly in the playoffs against real teams. So well, we'll this see. is definitely going to be something, something we're watching. And then obviously Sunday, that'll be very interesting with Matt and I will be there. So right now the Suns are in the fourth seed. In the fifth seed, somehow. <laughs> I can tell you how. Go ahead. <laughs> well, yeah, because the team was in the fifth seed, was in reverse, right? That's, well, they kept. That's we're talking about the Warriors. They kept their heads above water to their credit without Steph. And dude, you're looking at like I'm just looking at the standings. You go to the last ten games: the Clippers, the Mavericks, the Wolves, the Jazz, all four and six. Nobody be- below five in the West is above 500 in, the, in their last ten games. You had teams that had this opportunity with the Warriors down, not just Steph, but Wiggins, and weren't able to do anything with it. Not only that, the Warriors went past them all. Yeah, even exactly. like just Forget just like maintaining where they were down in the play-in. Now they're out of the play-in. Well, the Clippers are playing the Warriors tonight. We're not going to know how that turns out by the time this comes out. It's in San Francisco, so I like the Warriors' chances. I remain mystified by, by the Clippers. They, By the way, they didn't mm-hmm. – um, Westbrook hasn't played that bad. Well, hold uh, on. Hold on. Let's stop right there. What did we all say last Friday on the pod when we talked about the Clippers? If Russell Westbrook comes in and has a small targeted role, he could potentially help them win some games. Instead, you were aghast at the idea he might start last week. He's starting. Ooh. He's playing heavy minutes. He's out there in crunch time. They're doubling teams are doubling off him to guard Kawhi and these other guys, and they're losing games and throwing the ball all over the yard. Like this is and, 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 and a they're disaster playing, already. They're playing four on five defensively because he gets 
you know, he gets lost. He's like, you know, a kid in an amusement park. There's all these bright lights going on. Oh, wait, <laughs> we were in the wrong line. It's it's just staggering to me that, that they, they've gone out and signed this guy who was playing across the hall all year and causing all the same problems that are now causing them. And they plug him right in the starting lineup. He's playing all these minutes. It's just like, yeah, we're riding with Russ. I just, it's amazing. They were rolling with Terrence Mann and now they're doing this. That's the point. Okay. That's the point I want to talk Mm -hmm. about real quick, even though we're supposed to talk about the Warriors here. I believe if this, if I have this stat correct, that in the last 12 games, the Terrence Mann. They were 10 and four with Terrence Mann starting coming into the stretch with Russ. Okay. But I think it was, it was 10 and two in the previous 12 when man started with Kawhi and Paul George and man played one of his best games of the the year. They went into Phoenix and won. he had one of his best games of the season right before they went to the all-star break. And then, then he did the signing and now like Eric Gordon, who I really, he's been turning the ball over too, but that was already a challenge bringing Eric Gordon in and integrating Mm -hmm. him. Eric Gordon's now barely playing. In fact, I don't think, and again, this is going to be a little stale because they're playing tonight, but the other night, I don't think Eric Gordon played at all in the second half. So you've disturbed Gordon. You've disturbed Terrence Mann. You've totally changed the way your team's going to play. Like, by the way, even if Russ was playing perfect basketball, when you alter who the point guard is 55 or 60 games into the season, you're going to have fallout from that. You, you, you don't just change up your your point guard this deep into the season and right when you've caught a rhythm. I mean, I remember uh, Ty, you know, lamenting Ty Lu lamenting, like, you know, two, you know, four or five weeks ago, like, I just wish we could have 10 games where we could be together. Mm-hmm. Well, they got those 10 games. Um, and uh, they were and now they've restarted and now they've restarted again or, with this team. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or if you're going to change your point guard, because you do feel like it's a need then you do it with a guy who doesn't need to dominate the ball to be effective. You, you do it with a guy who is perfectly comfortable, you know, getting you into your offense, getting the big dogs, the ball and playing off of them, which is those are the point guards that they were targeting in the trade market. And then they went the opposite direction uh, when Russ became available for a buyout. No question. Well, I don't know. Maybe Russell, maybe, maybe Russ have a triple double, triple double tonight. Anyway. We've also um, got a we've also got a as as of this moment hot off the presses LeBron James injury update. Would you like me to read you the injury update, Brian? The Lakers just put out a press release. I read it, but please read it since it's in front of you. Uh, LeBron James has been evaluated by the Lakers team, physicians, and medical staff, and it has been determined that he has sustained a right foot tendon mm-hmm. injury, and he will be reevaluated in approximately three weeks. Ooh, Three boy. weeks is a long time in March when you're in 12. And, and I will remind well, everyone, obviously, they'll be listening to this tomorrow. But when teams say someone will be reevaluated in three yes. weeks, that does not mean they're going to be playing three weeks from today. That means well, that they'll be also, looked at again in three weeks. And also, I think part of the evaluation is going to be, hey, where, where are, are we at? in the standings? Um, I, I'm looking forward to the... Um, the NBA today. Yeah, New Orleans Pelicans just entered the chat, by the way. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to the NBA Today segment that says, if not for that pesky regular season, would the Lakers <laughs> have won the championship this year? And then everybody's well, saying, on. absolutely, they would have. Absolutely. <laughs> I'm well, on we, NBA do, Today. Do we, uh, uh, do we want Tristan, do we want to? Tristan Thompson, my good man who I've known for 12 years, is not, though. It would be interesting to hear Tristan, who's, who's, 
been bullish on the Lakers. Uh, do we to want play, to play? To do we want to play the famous Mike and the Mad Dog game of going through the schedule and seeing where the Lakers may potentially be in three weeks? Well, I have the schedule this. right here. How many games is Anthony Davis going to play? Because he sat out a back-to-back. I don't quite know what happened there. Some of the there's one back-to-back in their next twelve games. They've got two left on the season. Yeah. Okay. Run, run us through because we got to figure out how many tankers they've got on that. Okay. On that so they so they have Minnesota at home Friday tonight. When you're listening, I'd say that's probably a loss. By the way, D'Angelo Russell going to play anytime soon? He's he probably going to come back Friday, play against his old team. I, I don't. You trust Minnesota to say that they can win? I mean, they probably I mean, can there's, win. But... There's nothing definite there, but I trust All the right, Wolves a little bit more. I'll say it's a, we'll, say, we'll say we'll say we'll say zero one. Golden State on Sunday afternoon at home. Is Steph going to play then? I don't think so. He's probably next. So week. we'll say so. We'll say that's a win. We'll give him a win there. One and one. Memphis at home, say that's a loss, right? Ooh, depends on if Shannon Sharp sitting courtside. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> are we are we agreeing that's a loss? Yeah, I told you. I also like what kind I mean, of cards Memphis, Memphis just won their first road game in like six weeks, but you know, let's be honest. It'll probably be Knicks. probably be too warm in LA for a cardigan at that point, though. All got, right. the ab- got the absolutely streaking Knicks coming in next Sunday. That's a loss. You skipped right I over would... those. Oh, those, I'm sorry. Those ratty I Raptors. skipped the Raptors game. They have the Raptors Friday and the Knicks Sunday, both at home. Okay. At New those Orleans. Are, those are probably losses. At New no, Orleans. I, I, I'd say they split. Okay, yeah. so, we'll say, so we'll say they're two and three. I, I, I let's say yeah, if they can go two and three in that stretch, they're doing well. Okay, right. at New Orleans, loss, two and four. At Houston, win three and four. Home for Dallas. Depends. Can the Mavericks get up at least twenty eight? <laughs> <laughs> we'll give we'll give them a, we'll give we'll give the Mavs a win in that one. So three and five. Orlando at home. Orlando's win. been playing well for a while now. I, I know, I but Orlando should stop come on. it. Orlando's win. been playing well for a while now. Well, we'll see. They got to we'll win, see they, they win that game, I mean, or, or this conversation's over. Well, I think they're losing it, but we'll, we'll go with Brian. Brian's the home. Right? They win four and five. Then they have the Suns, four no. and six. They have the Thunder, which again is a toss-up <clears> game. <throat> Shea is playing; it's a loss. They just won in Oklahoma City last night I know, without AD. I understand. That's but Shea give them the win. I, 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 I'm doing that. I'm doing that for a reason. Okay. I'm a, I, cause you're, I, cause I you're a company I'm, man trying to make sure we have Laker talk. No, I want to see the best case scenario. I want to see what right, the best so, case scenario. I've since, I've since the thunders motivation has gone South recently. Been, been some, these injuries are starting to pop up. They always have health trouble like right around, you know, right, late so February, the, March. Bottom, the bottom line is that's through the evaluation day for LeBron, which would be three weeks. It's really 10 games. We'll count the Thunder game. So if we if we go with Brian's very generous interpretation, they are five and six through those Ooh. 11 games without LeBron. We got five that's, out of that? That's not going to get it done. <laughs> well, hey, five and six. Honestly, and you're though, also giving it, it, them a win it, it, against it, the Thunder. You're also giving a win against the Raptors or the Knicks, who both have been playing much better, and the I Magic, know. who've been an over 500 team for months, I and know. the Warriors on Sunday, which Steph could play. Like, that's, I, if, I if they if I, they I, go five I, and six and somehow LeBron is ready to come back, they will still have a shot. Because I'm telling you, like Minnesota scuffling, the Jazz obviously their primary motivation is not to make the play in. Uh, they're going to scuffle a little bit. 
The well, this is a race, race of teams is. trying not to make the playoffs at this point. Everyone, everyone from like four on is basically trying not to make the playoffs in the West. It's amazing. And that's not. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. Minnesota is trying to make the playoffs. I was. I was, making, I was. I was making a, a joke about how badly they're all playing. I know they're uh, obviously oh, teams okay. like yeah, obviously these teams are trying. Yeah, but to make also the playoffs. Portland, Portland, who's behind them, is trying to make the playoffs. Yeah, I was making a joke that everyone is stuck okay. for weeks. That's all. That's that is true. Terrible joke. Terrible joke. Uh, clearly. Well, clearly. well, the, the concept of uh, getting to Darvin Ham is the declaration of getting to six. I think we can retire that talk. And let's uh, hope so. We, we need to start we've talking about a, getting to ten. We've done a great job with the Warriors talk so far, fellas. <laughs> we plan on the well, we had significant news break during the park to be fair. we did all right before we talk about the warriors it's trivia time from bob Temps. oh yes. it's trivia time if only starting your fitness journey was as easy as starting this podcast the truth is all the lift big get big and beach body ready in three weeks pressure stops most of us from even starting and starting is what matters most it's everything wherever you're beginning and wherever you want to be peloton encourages you to just start with thousands of classes to get you moving and doing what you can, even if that's just a 10-minute low-impact class, they have those too. And when you're ready, take it up a gear with a 30-minute live DJ ride. Start with Peloton and find instructors that will keep you motivated to stay on your fitness journey. Learn the basics and build from there. Remember, doing something is everything. Get started with a Peloton bike or Bike Plus rental at onepeloton.com bike slash rentals. Terms apply. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Now it's time for our Hoop Collective Trivia. So Kevin Durant last night, this is courtesy of my man Stats Williams, so I got to see uh, at the All Access game Wednesday night. Uh, mm-hmm. The Warriors, uh, not the Warriors, Kevin Durant had 23 points in his son's debut which led to uh, this question. Who has scored the most points with their first team after being traded midseason? Midseason. After being traded midseason. Ever? Ever, ever? Uh, uh, All of these answers are within the last 30 years. But yes. Hmm. Okay. Okay. I'm going to just guess Clyde the Glide. He is not on the, the top five. Not on top five. Hmm. All right. All right. Is it is it uh, a star? I mean, is it a star player or is it like some bench player who got who made like eight out of nine threes and had there are points? they are they are I believe five all-star players on my list of five guys. Okay. One MVP. Oh. A dunk champion. An MVP. God. I'm Triple rookie of the year. What about Shaquille O'Neal? Not Sha- not Shaq. I'm struggling. What about Stefan Marbury? Not Marbury. I'm going to give you the teams they played for. Rasheed Wallace. Nope. Okay, go ahead. Back in those days, he's back in those Bulls, days. Like they, Bulls, they Clippers, Pistons, Nets, Rockets. Those are the, the teams of the five guys with their new teams. Oh, Harden. 
No, Harden, Harden was traded preseason. Harden, no, Harden was fourth, tied tied for fourth, thirty two points. Was that an He's early season trade? Yes. Okay. It was a okay. month into the year, as you you remember when he, was he disappeared. And it was oh, was Harden to Harden to Brooklyn, not Brooklyn, Harden. Houston. Yes. Yes. Okay. Nets. Okay. Okay. Harden with the Nets. He did come out Harden. like his first game with the Rockets. He scored like thirty six or something. It was like back yes. when thirty six yeah. was an accomplishment. Yes. You weren't you weren't totally off there. So that was the Nets pick. There's Bulls. Bulls Who is the Bulls? Who is the not? It ain't Vooch, is it? Nope. This is a this is a throwback. It, it ain't when they traded for Ben Wallace. Nope. Same time frame though. Fellow Michigan Jeez. legend, state of Michigan legend, I should say. Coworker. Jalen Rose. Jalen Rose. Jalen hmm. Rose has the record with 36 points when he got traded to Chicago right. in 2002. I wonder if Jalen even knows that. I'm pretty sure Jalen knows it. Uh, Matt made it clear that they had uh, discussed it. Oh, times. I see. Okay. The um, other the other three names for brevity's sake are Dominique Wilkins, you. who had 34 in 1994, Jerry Stackhouse, who had 33 in 97, and Victor Oladipo, who had 32 points in his first game with the Rockets. Ah. Wow. I don't I don't remember that at all. <laughs> I do remember the Rockets won like three or four right after that that hardened trade. And then I think they've won three or four since. Um <laughs> Stackhouse, that reminds me of one of one of the all-time great quotes around the trade deadline is when he said, Hey man, the checks cash in all 50 states in Canada. <laughs> Stackhouse is the centerpiece of my favorite story since I've been covering the NBA. Kirk Snyder story? Absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's been told it's a hundred times. I was yeah. there. We've told, it, we've told we've told it on the pod a hundred times, but it's it's the greatest story. Just look up Jerry Stackhouse oh. and Kirk Snyder. You'll find the story. He, he, he's told it. He's told it. I think Levitt yeah, told it's, told it's it everywhere. Left. It's everywhere. It's great. Uh, love Stackhouse. Um, wouldn't mess with him even before that. No, okay, I've been on Warriors... I've been on his bad side before, and it was not a comfortable place. <laughs> You're never the thing about McMahon, he's not afraid, you know, he's not afraid to get on people's bad side. I respect it, you know. Yeah, My first interaction with Jerry when he covered the Nets, he was very unhappy with me. And then uh, things got much better after that. But it's it's definitely an interesting, uh, definitely an interesting place to be. I love Jerry too. Yeah. He's a great dude. He can he can give you a stare that you know, can, <laughs> can set you back. And you hope a minute. you hope it stops with the stare. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So we talked about the Warriors. They're in fifth place. Steph is going to come back in the next week. Um. Andrew Wiggins is away from the team for personal reasons. Hopefully everything gets taken care of there. Um, and so let's assume that at some point they will have their starting five back together. Um, where they finish in the standings doesn't really matter that much to me because all of the thing about their road record, to me, it's the same as their overall record. They the reason that they're two games over 500 is because they've had all the injuries. The reason they're so bad on the road, probably because they can't defend, but I'm not, you know, if they end up as a five seed and they play um, the Suns, it would be a tremendous, incredible series, but they're going to have sure a tough would. road. No matter. They're going to have a tough road, no matter what. Um, Can I tell you a little secret? I think we're going to yeah. see some pretty significant maneuvering down the stretch to be a six instead of a five. Maybe. I mean, I, I mean, we'll you're, see how it all shakes out. Fire up the, you're going to fire up the Kings fan base. Cause I, 
drew their ire this week on. First okay, I'm just saying. Listen, I'm 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 all about those beam lighters. Love them. Listen, our bosses are going to be certainly hoping there's significant maneuvering down the stretch because I think our bosses would love to see Suns Warriors in the West Finals on ESPN. I think that would be well, their choice. And and I would certainly no disrespect to the Kings, but I would rather see the team that uh, has will be ending a playoff drought that can drive sixteen years versus the team that just added a two-time finals MVP. If I'm looking at who I'm playing in the first round, I'd, and then I'd rather see Memphis in the second round than the Nuggets. No disrespect. That's just the way it is. Yeah. Yes. Well, ultimately, I think the Warriors probably like their chances against anybody in a seven-game series if they're healthy. Look, I've so, been saying this for weeks. I'm picking Golden State. If they're healthy at the start of the playoffs, I'm picking them to win the West. I'm picking them to beat all these teams until they're beaten. They have the best lineup in the league by a significant amount. That's been proven mm-hmm. over the course of the year. And like you said, Brian, I understand the road struggles this year. But at the end of the day, if you have to pick a team to win a best out of seven and the Warriors are involved with all these other teams in the West, I don't trust any of these other teams to beat them. These guys have done it a thousand times. None of these other teams have. So I'm not, I'm not picking I'm not picking the Clippers or the Suns or the Denver or Memphis or you know Sacramento and any of these teams to beat them four out of seven until I see somebody do it, but they've, they've earned that at this point. I agree. Um, the thing is, Steph has a lot of experience coming back. You know, I say it's about Durant. Steph has a lot of experience coming back from injuries mid season. He's unfortunately mm-hmm. had a lot to deal with. This is a new injury, this shoulder injury, but it's not to his shooting shoulder, right? It was to his left shoulder. Right? No, this isn't the shoulder. This is a leg. Well, now he's this dealing with the, the knee injury. Yeah. But... The oh shoulder. God. Yeah. The I, shoulder. I track. Yeah. The shoulder was track. the last injury. This is when, and I, I honestly, I forget which leg, but this is when uh, he got hurt against the Mavericks. Um, oh, that's right. And it's, yes, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of big words for it's a lower leg injury. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, he, I, like, I, he like, he like dealt we with We already had one big word on this pod when you started talking about extrapolation. <laughs> so yeah, I, I had never heard of that injury before. It's like to a non weight bearing bone or something like that, or it was a tendon I'd never heard of. Um, it's a bone or a tendon it's something i i I went to college for eight years so let me let me tell you (laughs) let me let me find the exact injury and then i'll be able to break it down uh looking up warriors shout out shout out to raymond ritter hold on i got it already be quiet this is gonna be a challenge for the old pronunciation game uh he's he suffered partial tears to his superior tibiofibular ligaments and interosseous membrane, and I am highly. There's a little chance you said the last tibia, tibio, fibio. So you have a tibia in your leg and a fibula. The big, the long tibiofibular. I know, but it's it's talking about the piece of tissue that connects those two bones. That's how ligaments. Okay, okay, doc. <laughs> well, I mean, this is from from high school uh, biology here oh, well, as, as well, as well as a contusion to his left lower leg. And I can tell you that contusion means bruise. There you mm-hmm. go. Nice work. By the way, you anyway, mentioned Raymond Ritter. You mentioned yeah. Raymond Ritter. We should for a second uh, say that David better, the longtime PR guy for the Pacers passed away this week. Uh, awesome guy. We've all covered the league a long time. We dealt with Benner for a long time. He's a great dude. We deal with cancer for a long time. That was very sad news mm-hmm. this week. I just want to make sure we mentioned it on the pod. He had a legendary dry sense of humor. Legendary dry sense of humor. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, was around the Pacers for as long as anybody's actively been around any NBA team. I think he uh, retired like about a year ago or so. Yeah. So. Last year was his, la- his last year working 
worked for the Pacers 28 years and had a, a run as a sports writer before that covered the team covered covered the Pacers early in Reggie's career too yeah but just was an awesome you, guy really, do you think really the Mavericks will hire McMahon to listen be there? Mark Mark Cuban does have it I call it the Mark Cuban sports writer retirement home Dwayne Price formerly the four star telegram Eddie Sefko formerly of the Dallas Morning News they're working for Mavs.com um, I do I don't, not I don't foresee think... Mavs.com in McMahon's future <laughs> I, I don't think my skill set necessarily is suited for that line of work Folks, Black we're going to go to an exclusive hey. interview on Maz.com of Luka Doncic and Tim McMahon. Take it away, <laughs> Cuban, gentlemen. Cuban once did. Uh, he he backed out of a promise to hire me as general manager. He he promised to hire me. I, this is a true story. He promised to hire me as his general manager for $500,000 a year. It was an on-the-record promise. He said, if we cut Lamar Odom, I will hire you as general manager for a half million dollars a year. They cut Lamar Odom two weeks later, and I ain't making a half million. I can promise you that. <laughs> well, that's below market value for a GM. So first off, I would assume. Okay, right it's above market value for me, doofus. Who cares? <laughs> well, you're, you're negotiating like that, you'll never get anywhere in this business, McMahon. Can you, can you imagine McMahon on the other end of the press conference? I mean that would that would be amazing. Yeah, he'd get himself fired in a week. It'd be great. Yeah. <laughs> he he might as well offer you five five million a year, McMahon, because he's never gonna pay it to you because he's gonna fire you <laughs> within two weeks too. Well, and then I'll be like his last GM and the one before that and sue his butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other topic. Anyway, um rest in peace, Mr. Benner. Uh they don't make him like that anymore. Uh before we go, I wanted to discuss the team that um Bontemps saw last night, the Cavs. You wrote a piece on the Cavs today. Um, this is a team I obviously watch very closely, uh, team I covered for most of my career. Uh, the thing here is how you parse this. The Cavs are definitely not one of the top three teams in the East. They want to believe that they are, but they just aren't. And as you mentioned, that game against Philly on the road right before the All-Star Yeah, break. they played Philly three weeks ago, and they played Boston yesterday, and the games both went the exact same way. Right. So here's the thing. That's okay. If the Cavs make the playoffs, they will have had a really good year. They yeah. absolutely should make the number four seed, and they're in trouble with that right now because the Knicks are hot. But the Knicks have to go west. The Knicks have a tougher schedule. Um, if the Cavs get the four seed, it will be terrific. The Cavs have upward mobility with the improvement of Evan Mobley and all that stuff. The problem is, is that I don't know how the Cavs are going to get better than this year. So like, well, if they, if they finish fourth and they, you know, winter series, it'll have been the best non LeBron season yeah. in like two generations, literally in 30 years. They have not made the playoffs in 25 years without LeBron James. They have not won a playoff series in 30 years without LeBron James. So that has to be and, recognized. Like if they get in, they will. That's a major accomplishment. If they win a series, it's a major, major accomplishment. For sure. But then looking forward, that's where we get a little. It gets well, a little and busy. and I think mentioning the development of Evan Mobley, that's that's the exact place you got to start with that conversation. Um, well, it's the starting and, point and the end point, both. Right, and and he's twenty one years old. Right, so certainly there there's a ton of room for growth. He's a Phenomenal defensive player who has not made. I thought he, there might be a leap this year on the other end of the floor. 
he's improved, but not significantly. And, and the biggest issue is he's still a total non-shooting threat. And so if you're going to play him with Jared Allen, uh, which obviously, you know, defensively, it's a phenomenal duo, but it's just, they're going to have significant spacing challenges. It's not really that different. Um, in in terms of the the challenges, as it was when the when Donovan Mitchell was playing on the Jazz and they were playing favors at the four, Derek favors at the four, with Rudy Gobert at the five, there's just there's going to be pretty significant space and challenges at that end that I do think limit the ceiling of this team. And so, hey, Mobley's still young. There, you know, they say he, sh- you know, if you watch him at the practice facility, you would think he's a better shooter than he is, which is low twenty percent from three. Um, but at some point, they might have to, they might have to, you know, see what the market is for Jared Allen and and decide to, you know, change up the roster by trading a really good player. Well, Jared Allen did not perform well last night. Jared Allen yeah, did those not guys- perform well against yeah. the 76ers and well, Jared Allen has never had a good game against Joel Embiid. He's a really good player. And if you only watch him play against Joel Embiid, it, it's a rough highlight film. And that's not, not, yeah. I mean, obviously a lot of guys look bad against Joel, but he's just it size wise. It's just a real problem for him. And Robert Williams and Al Horford both were great last night. And Al Horford went six for eight from three, which highlights another part of the issue with having the two bigs is the Cavs give up a pretty high percentage from three point range. Cause teams that are getting, decent looks against them because they've generally they're protecting the, the rim. They've got those guys back at the rim. They're great at protecting the rim, but they give up open looks. And to McMahon's point about Evan Mobley, I mean, look, they're going to go as far as Evan Mobley developed. And to me, there's one of two paths he's going to go. One is he goes the Jaron Jackson, Miles Turner path, which is a, you know, Jaron Jackson made the all-star team. Miles Turner has been a borderline all-star, really good player, really talented player, helps you win a lot of games but isn't a generational franchise changing player. The other path is he becomes Chris Bosh. And he's one, he's a guy who's a top 10 player in the league is a first or second, all NBA caliber player is a two way impact player who could score 28 and 12 for you a game. And he can be the best player on an awesome team. And then you've got him and Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland and Jared Allen. And then you have a chance to make a real run, but it goes back to what I said at the beginning when I compared them with Phoenix, the rest of their roster is just not very good. I mean, they're playing Isaac Okoro at the three last night. He is just not good enough. Jason Tatum absolutely demolished them. They have probably the biggest hole at the, the their fifth spot of any good team in the league. It's going to be hard for them to replace that because they're way over the cap going forward. And no picks to the other, trade. No picks to right. trade. And the other thing, too, is you talked about, you know, they're sort of in the middle of Dallas and – Phoenix, because they, they made the big Donovan Mitchell trade. Great move for them to make. They've got this young core, chance to add him and see where it goes. But it's not quite at the point where Dallas is, where Kyrie can leave in six months. But if we're just being realistic about it, Donovan Mitchell's two and a half years from free agency. So right. there's a limited he's window one, for them. He's one and a half year from pre-agency. Right. right. So, you've, as, so you've got a limited window where you can show, mm-hmm. all right, we are a championship-level team. This is a place where, you know, we can get Donovan to commit or do we have to start, you know, trying to look at, you know, what do we do from there? And I'm not trying to tear apart well, the no, Cavs. But, They're a but, fun team, but it's like this is the realistic thing you have to look at if you're looking at it. But if you look at it that way, you say, hey, is it worth giving up what we gave up to get Donovan Mitchell to have 
a guaranteed uh, couple year window, what would it be? I think a three year window to say, hey, let's see how good we can be. And then if you're concerned, it's not good enough. We don't know if he if he's going to resign here. You can turn around and flip him and probably get back a lot similar value, similar value, right? And still have Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, you know, depending on what you've done with 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 Jared Allen, yeah. maybe Jared Allen as well. So I think either way, it's not like it's a oh my god, they 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 might have you know. I'll say this: the Hawks took a much bigger risk with oh, Dejounte yeah. Murray. Didn't give up as much, but like that's one where they might end up losing him for nothing. The Cavaliers aren't going to be in a, in a position. They might have to make a tough decision, but I don't think they're in a position where they aren't able to. If if Donovan Mitchell's not there long term, where they where they just lose him for nothing. No, and they had, and they had three young, really good players, and added him to the mix. Like, and they have all those guys under contract for a long time. Like that that was a great move for them to make. They're never getting a guy like Donovan Mitchell in free agency, and it's why I liked that move for them much more than say the Knicks trading for Donovan Mitchell at the time. Because the Knicks didn't have the same level of young core around those guys. This also, by the way, as Brian mentioned, what sets up maybe the most fascinating first round series in the league Mm. if it comes off. Because the Knicks are playing great. And if we have Knicks Cavs in the first round and Donovan Mitchell coming back to New York, playing at the Garden in a playoff series, that's going to be awfully fun to watch because and those teams also had great games this year too and match up really well and i think it would be a great basketball series with lots of off the court drama so that would be super super fun i think it'd be a lot of fun but i was gonna say four five series if it's sun's warriors i think that's gonna take fair fair (laughs) fair point fair point but it, it would be pretty great so the thing the thing is the Cavs are kind of at the crossroads of the modern nba they have had the number one defense in the league for most of the year. And they've had a big net rating, a good net rating, which historically is a great indication of the quality of your team because of those two bigs. They mm-hmm. play By those the way, two the Cavs bigs. Are, just real quick on that point to emphasize it, Brian. There's only two teams in the league with a better than plus five net rating. Lowest number in 25 years. The Celtics at 5.8, the Cavs at 5.4. Right. And that's because those two bigs are so awesome defensively. But because of where the league is, where there's so many teams out there that can stretch the floor, and because that the Cavs' primary weapons are sort of smaller guards, which needs you to have more dynamic bigs offensively, um, it goes against what you kind of need. So, like, for example, when the Cavs are in clutch time, and we've had long conversations on this podcast about the value of clutch time. They have the 20th offense in the league hmm. in the clutch. Uh, look, by the way, the 76ers are 22nd. I, I'm not, it's not the be all end all. Um, but they have trouble in close games because they rely so much on Donovan Mitchell and Darius Garland to make something happen in just driving to the basket or creating for their own. And the opposing teams don't usually have to guard whoever the three is, and they don't have to space the floor when the Cavs' best lineup is out there. So you have two perimeter players who need space because they can't create their own shots effectively because they're not 6'8", and you have a couple of guys that you don't have to guard space with. And so the reason that they're in fourth place is the exact reason why they're in trouble at the end of games. And, the end of ga- and you know, by the way, a lot of times at the end of games, 
the game isn't close because they have the second best net rating in the league because over the first 43 minutes, they get their job done. But in the postseason, that's not going to be the case. And we've seen it against the Maver- against Celtics and 76ers in the last few weeks. Now, let me just say, both those games are road games. The Cavs, we get to play at home. The Cavs are one of the league's best teams at home. So, um, but, you know, I think that, you know, because nobody wants to go to Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> the Cavs want to be there. They're just not there yet. And I don't know how they're going to get there. So uh, take uh, check out a uh, Bontem story. We don't write about the Cavs much on NBA uh, or on ESPN.com. But uh, okay. Thank you, Bontemps. Thank you, McMahon. I'll see you in a couple of days. Thank you to Jackson and Bruce, our producers. And um, talk to you again back on, on Monday. Back on, back on Monday, hot off the presses after this big uh, KD Kyrie dap up session in, in yeah. Dallas. Oh, listen, yeah. it, it can't be anywhere near as, as, as sweet and emotional as uh, the KD, I'm sorry, the Kyrie LeBron embrace post 27 point meltdown. <laughs> oh, that was, I, I just, I mean, that was nice. That was big smiles. Hey, that's going to be the kind of embrace. That's going to be the kind of embrace that I have for Wendy, for Wendy when I see him. Apparently, now I have to hire security for Saturday's dinner. I didn't realize <laughs> yeah. the level Why don't of you celebrity that I'm dealing with. Where here. I'm staying. Why don't you announce what flight I'm Listen, on? Why don't you I mean, announce- it's it's a really tough life when uh, big band because, to be to be first all, right? International look, celebrity, it's it's hard. It's really hard. I don't even know. I don't even know where the private jets fly into, much less which one you're on. <laughs> so, like, and uh, well, I offered, I offered now. for him to stay. I offered for him to stay in our guest room, but he says he's five star hotels only. Wow, yeah. what a yeah, man! Yeah. It was a five star hotel. I see the market should be offended by that. <laughs> Let me tell you about the five-star hotel I stayed in Charlotte. I stayed in my friend's basement. Uh, <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hoop Collective. We'll talk to you later. Have a good weekend. Adios, amigos.